Well, isn't that awesome? Thank you so much, Dawn, for just uh, you know ministering that communion so beautifully to us reading from Hebrews. Uh, it's wonderful to think that God has prepared a body for us. Uh, he prepared a body wherein all sin could die. That is absolutely awesome. You know, so um, yeah, so we've, we're recording our program. Everything is online. Everything is working. And I'm uh, going to just get into the word for today. Uh, we're not going to look at the map today. If you want to know who is uh, maybe in your area, people close by, you can just go onto our map that we have on dynamicministries.com. You will see on the right-hand side a little counter that tells you how many people are on the site. And if you click on there, you'll find a map. I just welcome everybody again and just say welcome. Uh, thank you for slotting in. Today we are going to go to Ephesians. Now, I hope I've connected my microphone to the, um, my microphone to the, to the video. Ach, to the, yeah, I did. My microphone's connected. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to just uh, look at uh, some of the verses there. Uh, we're going to go to uh, the King James Version. It says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. We're going to talk about the law there. It looks as if Paul is still using the law. And we're going to explain what is going, what is going on there. And then it says that it may be well with you and that you may live long uh, on the earth. And you fathers provoke not your children unto wrath but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that, have, that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as man-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with all good will doing service as to the Lord um, and not unto men, knowing that whatsoever good thing a man does, the same he shall receive as um, of the Lord whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same thing unto them, for bearing threatening. That's a powerful part we're going to look at. Knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is he a respecter of, pers a respecter of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, um, you know, when we... When we look at that verse, it starts off with the, um, with the children that need to be obedient to their parents in the Lord. And, uh, you know, we have looked at that verse and, and, you know, we can just think of a child must just obey his parent, doesn't matter what. Uh, doesn't matter if the parent is reasonable or unreasonable. Now, before I get to the child, I want to just go over to uh, what he talks about the parent. Because, obviously, we're first going to have... Um, there, there needs to be parents before there can be children and I believe the greatest responsibility uh, is with the parent and uh, how the parent uh, treats the child. Now, um, you know, I'm not into and I don't believe in, in this, you know, this modern kind of a thing where the children's got all the rights and the parents are just slaves and all those kind of things. I don't think that is a healthy situation. Uh, we need to understand that the context of Ephesians 6 here is the Christian home and the Christian business. Uh, let us understand that and let that be known to you. And we're going to use the dynamics that there is in the Trinity, the heart of God, and we're going to just see f uh, how we from that perspective can treat our children, how children uh, need to treat their parents, uh, and how we, we, we will go about in the workplace. And then just touch on the first verse, 
uh, and then the next Sunday I will continue to speak on spiritual warfare and what that is all about, um, you know, and, and all the armor and the clothing and all those kind of things. Now, the first thing he says to the parents is, parents, don't provoke your children unto wrath, but, um, but uh, um, educate them basically in the admonition of the Lord. You know, so what, what the job of a parent is towards his child, and I want to tell you, uh, you guys in, in Web Church, that maybe your children is already out of the house, and you might feel, you know, I didn't do a good job. I wish I knew the, the, the grace message. I knew I could, I, I wish I could have taught my children and brought them up in this message. Um, you know, I don't want you to walk with guilt. I don't want you to have that, I wish it could be, as the, the, uh, the thing from where you live. You know, you can't live with guilt as your father. You cannot, as a parent, think, I wish I w could have done that and I wish I could have done that. That's going to bring you nowhere. It's only going to produce uh, guilt in you and then guilt will be the father of the things you do for your children. A very important thing is we, that we need to realize is that God, where He sits in heaven, doesn't feel guilty towards anybody on account of what happened in Adam. In other words, because of Adam's sin, a lot of pain and all those kind of things came into the world. And God, uh, in the Trinity, the Father doesn't feel, uh, you know, He's not motivated by guilt. He doesn't sit there thinking, uh, you know, oh my goodness, I feel so guilty towards the babies that are born today. I feel so guilty towards the people that are, uh, that are suffering today and I wish it never happened. And then from that guilt... He decides to do things, special things for them, you know, um, and then actually blessing them with a kingdom and blessing them with his life because he feels guilty. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say, for God felt so sorry for the world or God felt so guilty about what Adam did that he gave his son. So as a start, I want to say to all the parents, you cannot now that you have entered into the message of grace use a principle for life that does not exist in the Trinity. For you have not been made to function from any other spirit but the spirit of perfection which declares that you have been perfected, that you are completely forgiven, that you are unified with the Father, that the life of God is your life, the life of Christ is your life, and that, your, that God abradeth not. What that means is that God takes no account of the past. So uh, you cannot come and when you want to deal with your children, when you want to be a good parent, you know, walk in regret towards the time past. Uh, what you can do is um, you can go to your children and say, you know, uh, mom and dad, is just we, we've realized that we... Uh, we didn't believe things about God, what, we was, uh, what was true. And, and there were things in our life that we did and said towards you which was right and good and other things we did out of uh, a life born from guilt and obligation and, um, and, and legalism, you know. So um, one can go and tell that to your child and just say, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to ask from today, just continue to, uh, to love you uh, but from this new revelation that Christ has given me. So it's wonderful if a parent can communicate to his child what is in his heart. Many times we as parents, we've got a, 
a pride in our hearts, you know, that when we've been wrong about something, that we don't want to acknowledge that towards our children, thinking that that is a weakness and that, uh, that our children is not going to have uh, um, respect for us should we acknowledge uh, that, that we've been wrong. Uh, you know, I've, from, from the beginning I've said one of the greatest things that, uh, that brings respect to a child's heart or, or, or to, um, to the heart of a child, yeah, uh, towards his parents is when, his par when he can see, when a child can see that his mom and dad was actually wrong, um, but the mom and dad can come and acknowledge that and say, listen man, could you just forgive me for that? You know, um, I know I've been wrong there. Uh, you know, I've, I've done wrong and uh, you know, you can just apologize towards your child in the area where you have been wrong. I think that is a good start. So let me just recap on the two points. Number one, we cannot have a life born from guilt or condemnation. You cannot if, say, oh, I wish I just knew the truth. I wish I raised my kids this way. That wishing for stuff that is gone, you know, um, is, is uh, uh, you know, that only if. That, you know, if cannot help you now. Uh, what can help you is just facing what facing Christ and who you really are and living from that reality is not too late. Okay, do that's the first point. Second point is if you've got something on your heart, go and share it with your child and tell your child, listen, this is you know I I, I didn't the, the, I've, I've raised you to the best of my ability um, with what I knew and what I believed in my heart, but my belief is changing and I've come to a new knowledge of who Christ is and who I am and who you are. You know, so and I'll, I'm just going to live towards you from that perspective. And you can also say that you will still make mistakes some, you know, sometimes in your life, but uh, that you just want to come and share how much you love them. Then it says there, don't provoke them to wrath. What does that mean? What does it mean not to provoke your child to wrath? Because a lot of the time, you know, you'll find a teenager or, um, <laughs> you know, some of the children sometimes just, go through times where they are upset or angry and they don't even know why. Uh, you know, and there's like an uh, instability. What does that wrath talk about? That wrath does not talk about, uh, you know, don't do anything that will, uh, that will cause your child to become angry. Your child might become angry if you tell him, listen, I don't think it's the best thing for you to do this or do that. You know, he might be upset and that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about trying to, um, to just do everything right that your child smiles every day and uh, you're never disagreeing with your child. That's not what he's talking about. When he talks about wrath there, it talks about the wrath of God. Now, <clears throat> that's what I believe it talks about. So, let us not uh, raise our children in a way that can provoke him unto wrath. What is wrath? Wrath is when you train up your child in legalism. Uh, and you train up your child in having a value, uh, a, f a value for, now I need to use the right words here, is <laughs> um, when you train up your child having a, a, a wrong kind of a respect towards money, towards status, towards works righteousness and legalism, wherein the child finds his identity in what he does, uh, what he accomplishes, you know, uh, concerning his, you know, uh, in this life, where you, where he's praised when he wins something, and when he doesn't do that good, he's, he, he feels that he's broken down as a person. He says, don't train yourself up in a place where he's given over to the effects of um, 
unbelief in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So, and that is what wrath actually means. Uh, you guys can go to my website and you can just in the search area type in uh, wrath and you will find a teaching that I did in the United States on the wrath of God. In that teaching, the sound quality wasn't that, or sound, or, and, and uh, uh, you know, the visual quality wasn't that good, but it was still an awesome message uh, on the wrath of God, explaining that the wrath of God is God's passion for having people live from the persuasion of their heart, and should the persuasion of their heart be, uh, whatever that persuasion would be, would be what they live from, and that God would never partner with legalism and law and give life to legalism and law. So what he's saying is, if you want to live by your works, you know, you will actually die and God is not going to give life to the system of death. And if you don't want to have life for free as a free gift, your identity in God, in, in who God is, in other words, where God freely gives uh, um, all his righteousness as a gift unto you, where all holiness is given for free, where you don't have to have the highest marks in school, where you don't have to uh, have uh, um, your life defined by uh, if you're an engineer or if you're just somebody that, you know, if, if you're just somebody that sweeps the streets, it doesn't matter that your identity is in the identity he provided. So if we are teaching our children and bring them up, in a legalistic way, you know, um, we are provoking them unto wrath. So he says, let us bring them up, let us teach them in the admonition of the Lord. Now, <clears throat> what that means is, and, and just, I, I don't want to say I'm the perfect parent, and I'm, I'm just going to share from my life uh, how I deal with my children. And I'm going to use my oldest son as an example. My oldest son is, um, is a hard worker, and he... He loves, um, you know, he, 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 you would, if he, he's a very responsible child. If he needs to study, he will study. If there's a party that, he, that, that he's invited to, but there's work to do, um, you know, schoolwork to do, he will, he will tell the guys that he can't come and he will stick to, um, to his schoolwork. Uh, when it comes to sports, for instance, his one lung collapsed, I think it's a, a year ago or a bit longer than that, his lung collapsed. He was in the hospital for a week. He was not allowed to do any sports. Um, he came out of the hospital. Uh, he, uh, he was he's responsible. He would not, um, you know, do the sports, but he was at every hockey practice. He was there, even if he was just seated next to the field, because of that, 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 that sense of commitment and responsibility that he has in him. And obviously he can see that he possesses something that a lot of the other, other children don't have. Now, as a parent, you know, I can now praise him for all the good that he does. And I do, I do tell him, you know, my son, that is a very good quality that I see in you. And I give the Lord praise for what he is bringing forth in you, for that is how God is towards mankind. But what I will not do um, is... Um, have, have him find his identity in what he does. I will always tell him, the child that is not as faithful as what you, you are is just as much loved by God as what you are loved by God. The fact that you, you, you average in the 80s for your, you know, for, for your school marks um, and, and that you do very well does not mean you know, that you are special to God. We just thank God for what He has given given us and who you are cannot be defined in how good marks you get or what bad mark 
you get. So this thing works both ways. So and as you train your child and um, in that, and like I said, you know, if you still, if your children is still young, great, you can do it from small. Uh, you know, if my, my children, whenever they would do something wrong, I will just say to them or uh, get bad marks or um, like my youngest son, uh, I think it was a year, it was longer than uh, some years ago, um, there was a girl that came to our house and she, uh, and she, uh, she was good friends with him. They were just like in grade two or grade three or something and they played at the house and I said to her, uh, to my to the girl when she was alone, I said, "You know, does Bertus behave in class?" And uh, she said, "No, not at all." I said, "Now, what does he do?" She says, um, "She's actually quite naughty." And then Bertus came and he heard that, and she said, "Well, you know, he's not that naughty. It's just the way I like him." And uh, and then I said, "So what does he do?" He says, "No, when the teacher tells him to sit down, he doesn't do it." And so the Teacher, now listen, this is South Africa, you guys that watch from the U.S. You might get a heart attack when you hear this. To us it's just nothing, it's just nothing. You know what the teacher did was, he tied him to his chair and said to him, now you'll sit to the chair, sit here. And then what my son said, you know, um, after that he says, Dad, and do you know how difficult it is when she ties me to the chair? Because now I've got a walk-in class um, having a chair strapped to my back. Now, you know, now that is not what I want to hear as a local pastor in town, you know, that my child walks around like that and doesn't uh, uh, obey. But what I would tell my child is I would tell him that what you've done there is not in line with who you are, is not in line with uh, having respect for others and just seeing who you are and who they are. And obviously, you know, we would have um, different ways of discipline, but at the end of the day, it's all about teaching your child that a life is defined in what God thinks about him. Life is not defined even in what I think about him, although it will have a big influence on his life. So um, bring that child up in the admonition of the Lord. Teach him the message of who he is in Christ. If he doesn't bear fruit in his life, we just say, you know, this is what I say to my children. I say to them, listen, if you don't bear this fruit in your life, this is what you say. You say, God, I'm not seeing this fruit in my life. I'm highly irritated with my brother. Or I get irritated with my parents sometime. And in a time when, when he's calm and, and when there's peace, just say, listen, you know, as I sometimes struggle to have fruit in my life and I don't find my identity by if I bear a lot of fruit or not, but in the word about my life, in the very same way with you. And just make your life available. Just pray. Let us pray together and say, Father, my life is available for you to bear your fruit in my life. Now that is, uh, you know, what I believe a, a very practical, good way, um, you know, to, to bring up your child and just teach him that way. And then as a parent, I also want to say to you that the best parent that there could ever be is God the Father. And he had Adam and Eve. And even in the presence of a perfect father, we still found that Adam and Eve uh, you know, wasn't the success. So we cannot, as parents, um, you know, have our identity in how good we raise our children. Let's bring them up in the gospel of grace. Let's share with them. You know, like with my child, I don't force a message down his throat. But I will just say to him, you know, son, dad just wants to share something with you today. You know, we in our house, we don't even read Bible with the kids every day. 
But what we do is we talk about the gospel, um, even in practical application of things. We will say, you know, this person's value is 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 great. And um, you know, when we see somebody in the street and we drive past him, maybe, and we see him in trouble, we will just say, Father, and and just pray in the car and say, Father, thank you. That person is valuable. Thank you, Lord, that you love him as much as what you love a person that is given his life for the spreading of the gospel. Thank you that, that he is your destination. You know, and just pray for a person in the go. And they hear that. They get impacted by that. Uh, you know, if I had, for instance, an, an, a, a discussion over the phone with, with somebody and disagreed with him, concerning the gospel now, i mean my kids grow up in a in a in a, a, a pastor's house and in a pastor's house you can have church politics you know where where people disagree and whatever and if there was a disagreement i will just go and maybe he heard it while i was on the phone and and um, he might think oh you know church is just about arguing or this or that and a lot of you have come out of churches where there was church politics where there was uh, things where they heard that the pastor has done this and they've said this and you told that to your wife and, and now they heard that and they can have a negative feel towards church. What I practically do, because many of those things, it's very difficult not to, you know, you know, to keep everything away from your children. Obviously, you want to keep as much away from them as possible, but where they do hear that, you know, like in the week, I spoke to somebody on the phone for an hour or whatever and and there was this disagreement and I, I put the phone down. I knew my son could hear it because the call was to my house phone. Um, you know, I went to him into his room and said, said to him, my son, I want to just tell you, because his room is right next to our kitchen. I said to him, my son, I just want to tell you that please don't f uh, see this as this is Christianity. This is not Christianity. This is just a fruit of legalism and, and law. And that's where the disagreement comes in because the fruit that comes from above is always peaceable and, 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 and um, you know, full of life. So the peace that you feel that there is inside you that, that is just directly from God, that is all we're aiming at. And we are not finding our identity in what just happened here. And just bring that constantly uh, to, to your child. Um, I would like to then turn to the children. You know, how, how do we as, you know, how do you as a young person react towards your parents? Now, the Bible clearly says, and we have read that, that he says, um, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, if you have parents that are not Christians, uh, how are you going to deal with that situation? Now, I would say just good advice is, obviously, you're living in your parents' house, they're giving you food, they're paying for your school, and they're trying to raise you as best as what they can. Now, I would say obey, obey your parents in what they say, you know, like, you know, just normal obedience. Obviously, they're not going to now bring you up in the admonition of the Lord, but you are still in their house, and yet it is a place, if you're a Christian as a young person, wherein you can live uh, the life that God has given you. What you can do is you can say, practically say, Lord, my life is avail available for your fruit um, towards my parents. And I thank you, Lord, that I can make my body and my mind and my mouth available as an instrument through which you can reach my parents. And maybe you are, uh, you know, in your teenage years and you can, or you are maybe just going into university and you can feel that there might be things in your life where you feel I'm my own person and my parents aren't doing right and they're not, they're not treating me the way they're supposed to treat me. And, and then maybe you, you shout at your parents or you do something that they're not supposed to do afterwards, trying to justify yourself, 
feeling guilty about it. Let me tell you this. Get rid of that guilt as quickly as possible. And just say, Lord, thank you that I am not defined by how I treat my parents, but I am defined by you. Yet my life is available for the fruit of your spirit. And by my own power, I can never uh, produce what is actually in my heart and the love that there is in my heart towards my parents. You know, um, inside each one of you, and I, I want to speak to you young people, it, inside each one of you, is a passion for your parents and a natural love to your parents uh, that you cannot veer away from. You want the approval of your parents. It's something that you can say, oh, I don't care what they say. You're just wasting your time in saying that and you're trying, trying to just, um, how can I say, you're just fooling yourself. You want the approval of your parents. Even me, where I am today, a man of 42 years of age, I, I still want my father you know, although I've got my own children, we want our parents to say, well done. We want our parents to say those things. There's a natural thing that, and what I call that is a natural love for your parents. And don't uh, um, allow that to, to take over your life. You know, allow that natural thing towards your parents. Don't resist that. Say, Lord, I can feel that you have designed me to have a natural inclination of love towards my parents, a natural inclination to hear their approval, to hear their advice, to know what they actually think and, and all those kind of things. Do you know why um, that what your parents say and think is so much more powerful than what other people think and why you, you sometimes become more upset about what your parents would say than what others say? It's because of the love you have in your heart for your parents. There's a natural love for them. And since God has put that natural love in you, just all you need to do is say, Father, thank you that this, this natural love and my parents, if they are not believers, um, you know, are not in line with us, I know that I will be hurt forever if I want to change their behavior. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to allow this love to flow and I make this love, my heart and my actions and my mouth, available as an instrument for you. And don't try and use willpower. Go into your inner room as a young person, close the door, pray to God and say, God, thank you for working in me and loving through me. Uh, you give birth to how you feel um, about them. That's what you need to do. And you will find that God brings that forth uh, in you. Okay, now, in the case of having parents that are uh, believers, since, like you've heard now, the parents try to bring you up in the admonition of the Lord, the Bible says, submit to your parents in the Lord. Now what that means is, submit to your parents that are believers. It also means, in the context here, uh, those who brought you to the message of grace and want to continue to teach you in the message of grace, you know, listen to them and obey them. Now that obedience there is not uh, an obedience wherein you become someone's slave. As children, you know, we are not the slaves of our parents. Yet, we see, and, and when we obey them, we obey them from the revelation that they are hearing the Lord, that they have a wisdom that you might not have, that they've got life experience that you might not have, and that they've got a natural inclination from God to love you, to care for you, and to bring forth the best in you by words of uh, admiration, by words of beauty, by like they speak to their, to, to, to the husband would speak to the wife, that's how you speak to the child. And from there, just bring forth that life to you. So, 
the way we have life as uh, people from God is very simple. We hear what God says about us and we obey it. The word obey there means to believe. So, as you see your Christian parents come and tell you, you are the righteousness of God. As you hear your Christian parents tell you that, that God smiles over your life. As you hear your Christian parents tell you that you are not what you do. Uh, maybe you struggle in a certain area of your life. When they tell you, listen man, your identity is not in what shoes you wear, what clothes you wear, what these other kids think about you. Your identity is revealed in the resurrected Jesus who is your life. Obey them by believing them. Believe what they say. And if you struggle to believe what they say, thank God we've got the Holy Spirit. What you then do is you go and you say, Father, I hear my parents say these things. I struggle to believe what they say, but thank you for, um, for helping me. Help my unbelief, for I want to believe what they say. I want to have a heart fully persuaded of what they say. And, and show me, Lord, uh, uh, confirm to me from your scripture, through me messages how beautiful I am, how lovely I am, how accepted I am, how my identity is not in, 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 in what I possess or any of those kind of things, what clothes I wear, if it's name brand or not. My identity is in you. Uh, and thank you, Lord, that I can believe that and be fully persuaded about that. So, as children, give ear to the grace message your parents bring you. For they love you and they are living the natural inclination that there is uh, in their hearts towards you. I want to say this just in conclusion concerning the parents and we're going to talk, quickly talk about business and how we deal in business situation. Everything I said about a parent here is already written inside you. It is not a law that you need to try and obey. It is something that comes naturally when we allow the message of grace into our lives where we can say as he is so am i what i see in him is how i live everything that paul used in ephesians chapter 6 ephesians chapter 5 where he talks about marriage where he says husband give your uh, life to your wife you know you make yourself one with her speak well of her he takes that from how christ treats the church when he comes and he talks about parents and children, he talks about how Christ deals with us and how we believe the good report that he speaks about us. Everything is Trinity Dynamics, which comes from the very design of God, how he functions, who he really is. All of this is already true in the Trinity, and God is not trying to bring forth something that's outside of who you are, he wants to bring you to a revelation of who you really are as a parent, who you really are as a child, and He's not asking you to walk outside of what is natural to you. Every one of us is a child, you know, in our relation with God, is in the category of child and the, or son. And that is, what makes you a son? Someone who is born from the beautiful report that comes from the mouth of the Father. In the very same way, um, you know, as, as children, as your, as your parents come in the admonition of the Lord and tells you, you are the best, you are beautiful, God smiles over your life, to, to, you know, believe that word and that is how you are an obedient child to the parent. 
Isn't that wonderful? That is knowing that the decisions they make for you is for your best and that God works in their hearts to bring you up in that admonition of the Lord and that God will help them to make decisions about your life that you maybe cannot make at this, at this point of time. And we just say, Lord, you know, it's like, like God would tell me, Bertie, you know, I love you and I'm not going to punish you or anything like that. And then I will read a verse in the Bible that sounds as if it is that God's going to punish me and that God is against me and all those kind of things. And I would, then I would say, well, Lord, you know, I don't understand that. And you just tell me, don't go there. Don't believe that kind of a thing about yourself. And if you say it, then it's like that. And there will come a time when I mature where I will understand that verse. And, uh, and from there you will, uh, you know, I, I will walk from the understanding that is in line with what you've got for me. So uh, know that inside the Trinity there is something like the Father loves the Son. The Son believes what the Father says about Him. We saw that on the earth. Jesus, the Son of God, the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You know, parents, when your child goes to bed, you know, or if he's in university or whatever, send him a text message, you know, uh, uh, give him a call just before he goes to bed or whatever. Just say, I love you. Doesn't matter what you've done today, I smile over you. You are my everything. Um, you know, I, m my life is in service of you. Everything, anything that I can do for you, I want to do it for you. Um, I'm praying for you. You are valuable. Uh, God loves you. You know, just say some of those things to, to them. Even if they never reply, just say that to them. Just be yourself, for that is natural to you. Don't say that with the expectation of, well, now they must obey everything I say. Just say that because that is already what is in your heart. I know it's in the heart of a parent. Every parent has got that uh, in their heart. In the very same way with you as a child, if your parents send you that, you know, um, acknowledge your love for them and say, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Uh, you know, thank you for bringing me up in the ways of the Lord and that I can know how loved, uh, loved I am and how valuable I am. Uh, I want to just go, let's go to Ephesians and again, again, and we're just going to look at, um, you know, uh, looking at um, the workplace. Um, let me just find the right verse here. Oh my goodness, where is it? It says here, and masters, verse 9, and ye masters, <clears throat> do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. So it says here, talks to the masters, he says, forbear threatenings, forbear threatenings. And this is a trinity dynamic that he uses here. So what he says there is, and, and we're going to go on, because the verse just before that talks to the servants, and he says, Obey your masters, not with eye service, but from the heart as you obey the Lord. Now, let's look at how that is a trinity dynamic and how it comes to the everyday workplace. Now, the concept here obviously writes to masters that says you've got a Lord talking about the believers, um, you know, that know the Lord and how we need to treat our people. He says there, he says, remember this, that by, with the Lord there is no acceptor of the person so immediately bring your back, bringing people back, bringing the masters back to identity in Christ. You are not special before God because you're a business owner. And you are not a nothing because you're a worker. Because with God, there is no acceptor of the person. So uh, He doesn't treat you 
uh, special because you're a business owner. God doesn't find who you are in the fact that you've got a successful business and that He has blessed you with a successful business. He's never going to confuse you with what He's given you. He's never going to confuse you with the gifts and the talents that He's given you. He's always going to value you with the highest value, which is Christ. And that is the same for the worker. So, whenever you have somebody that worked for you, you know, I've got, um, you know, we've, I've only got three people on, uh, uh, working for me, and that is Janet that works for me as a secretary, and then I've got the lady that works in our house, and I've got the, um, the, the, that's on paid stuff, if you want to call it that way, and the guy that works in my garden. Then we've got the web pastors and other people that help in the ministry. Now, when I look at those people, as, as, a, uh, um, as a, we would call it a master or the pastor or the boss, if you want to call it that way, when I look at them, Every time I look at them, this is the platform from where I approach them. This person is the, a being that God desires with everything inside him. This person is God's destination. The heavens cannot contain God. The earth is God's footstool. But God feels satisfied living in this person. So there's a value in that person that is equal to the value of the resurrected Christ. That is how I look at them. That is how, you know, even if my, you know, my gardener, if he makes a mess at what he does, breaks something or whatever, then I, I would get upset with, with a thing that is broken, but I can still feel in my subconscious mind on account of this message of grace that has been washing my heart and my mind, that I cannot deal with this person in a degrading way. For he, he, I always keep that belief and that value uh, in my heart. And you know what happens when you, you live that way um, and when you experience God living to you that way. Now, let me say this. That it all starts with God. When we realize, if you want to see yourself as a servant of God, you know how does he treat his servants? He gave his life for his servants. He washed the feet of his servants. He believes in his servants. He believes in you. He trusts you. He, he, he sees you as valuable. He's not going to allow you just to mess everything up and say he's okay with that, but he's not going to uh, uh, confuse you with what you've done. And because he believes in your value. And as we see God believe in us, we find that that gives us a motivation to do good from that belief that he has towards us and care for us. You know, we find it energizes us and gives us hope to stand up when we have failed or when we, we uh, uh, you know, we had a rough week or whatever. We find the life of God because uh, giving life to us because he believes and trusts in us in the very same way, you know, with you. I want to tell you that as you hear God believe in you, you will find, and as you look at those that work for you and you believe in them, you will find that, uh, you know, that there's just a trinity dynamic in life taking place, place there. And one of the things it says there, it says, um, Masters, forbear threatenings. You know why? It says, because God doesn't threaten you. God is not a God that threatens you. So as a business owner, get the revelation that God doesn't use, doesn't threaten you with, with hell. He doesn't threaten you with sickness. He doesn't threaten you with disease. He doesn't threaten you with, um, He's going to just desert you. He's not going to be there for you. He's going to pour out His anger on you. He doesn't threaten you. And as long as what you have a belief, and as long as what any person has a belief that God would threaten him. God is going to 
uh, um, you know, try and bring fear as a motivator. If we want to use that in our workplace instead of value, you know what we're going to have? We're going to have hell in our workplace. We're going to struggle in our workplace. Because, um, you know, what we believe about God is what we're going to actually apply to people. You know, I don't want Janet to work for me all the time thinking, if I do this wrong, Bertie's going to fire me. Because God doesn't live that way to us. And you know what? The way I, I remember when I started out doing business years ago, when I just got into ministry, I would also do a lot of business. You know, I, I made sure that people understood. Even when I was in the grace message, I just didn't understand everything. I like separated these things and I would threaten people that work for me. I said, man, if you don't come on time, I'm firing you. You know, you can, if a person doesn't come on time and there's a, a certain way in which you can deal with him, you can let him go. But you don't have to make his life hell all the time. He works for you by threatening him with it all the time. Everybody knows that if you don't do your work right, you know that um, eventually they're going to get someone else to do the job. I don't think it's good to just threaten people all the time, for God doesn't threaten us. So, I'm not saying, and please hear this, and this is, let me put it this way, this is what I'm saying. Let the message of how God doesn't threaten you, how, how God doesn't want to use fear to motivate you, let that be so powerful uh, towards you that you find that that practical life of God not threatening me will be, uh, um, will be in, in the workplace as well. And then if you are a worker, you know, if you work at a, a shopping a place somewhere, say, you know, what, um, this is what the, the Christian boss actually supposed to do. And if you're not having a Christian boss, which most of us don't have, what you need to do is not to have eye service, you know, just to serve him with eye service. Let me explain that quickly, and we, we'll have to end up with this. Try and say, Lord, I want to believe what this guy believes about this business. If I, if I would work at a supermarket, I would think, okay, my boss maybe just is just worried about money. But this is a practical thing that's going to help me. I don't want to just have eye service, but I want to serve from the heart. So I would say, Lord, what does this shop provide for the people in this town? It provides a service where they can buy groceries and where they can have food, for instance, and, and give it to their children where they can live. And I want to just come and I want to just believe in what I do. And when I do this, I, I do what I do from the heart, from a persuasion of the value of this. And then you will find that your boss and what he says got actually very little to do with what's going on in your heart. And you will find a passion in your heart because you, uh, this is not just getting money. This is not just about the getting money. This is not just about, um, you know, pleasing the boss. The lowest form of work is to try and please your boss. You can never do that. You will never be pleased, <laughs> you know, especially if he's a worldly guy. He will never be happy. Nothing can satisfy him. No amount of money can satisfy him. You can never put a smile on his face by your hard work. All you need to do is say, Lord, I want to do this from a belief in my heart. Give me and show me and reveal to me what I can believe about this job and the people we serve in this business, you know, and the end goal of this business. If you're working at a place that, uh, that, that, that manufactures gasoline, for instance, say, thank God that I can work here. I, I play a role in somebody having an ambulance, having diesel, so that he can drive somewhere. And you can have, from a belief, you know, you can do that service. So always try and get away from trying to please somebody by your works. 
but have a belief in your heart concerning what you do. Have it all around a, a belief. And then, uh, you know, the last verse, it says there, uh, above all, you know, put on the whole armor of God, wherein we can stand against the wiles of the devil, or the plans of the devil, or against walking against the devil, which I'll have to get in uh, on next Sunday, because there is just not enough time today. Uh, you know, so today's message wasn't maybe uh, flooded with new revelation of who God is and, and just something that happened upon the cross. It's just something very practical that you can take home between you and your children and in the workplace and how you treat people where you can say, I'm not just going to try and please the people that work for me. I'm not just going to try and please my children, but where I take what's alive in the Trinity and, and the principle that's alive there as the Apostle Paul came and we use that and apply that to our everyday life. Glory to God. Let me just pray for every one of you. I would especially want to pray for parent relationship, um, you know, relations here. Uh, and, and, and I just trust that you will be deeply touched through this prayer. Even after this, if you want to contact one of our web pastors, you need prayer in your business. Maybe you're going through a hard time. Just go on to the, um, you will see our web pastors there. See who of them are available um, now on Facebook. And uh, just, you know, contact them and let them pray for you. Uh, you know, and especially concerning business, concerning family relations. If you need a prayer, please contact them. If you need some advice, they would love to, to, um, to just agree with you in prayer. Uh, amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that I can just stretch forth my hands to this web family, every person watching. Thank you, Lord, that there is a warm embrace that there is from you towards them. Thank you, Father, that uh, relationships between children and parents are restored today. I thank you, Lord, that the message of grace and the Spirit of God is the Spirit from where we can actually live in everyday life, where every person can have life from. I just declare that relationships between parents and children is being restored. I even just see, and you might say, oh, well, it's just bad for thinking it up. I just feel, but I just feel in my heart that there's a husband and wife uh, sitting, watching together, you know, and um, there's just restoration coming. There's just tears, you know, and, and, and people are close to tears, you know, and they just feel loved by God. And maybe you feel you've messed up and you just want to start afresh. I want to tell you, don't start afresh. Just take the life of God as your life and continue with the life that He's giving you. You just give each other a hug and apologize to each other if you've hurt each other and just grab a hold of the life that God has for you. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. I just see relationships between young people and their, and their parents being restored. If you're a young person, and you feel in your heart that you need to go and just say to your mom and dad, Mom and dad, you know, my heart is open for the grace of God. And I'm just going to be embraced. I'm just going to embrace His grace. And if there's something you need to apologize to them, just do it. And the same with the parents towards the children. Let there be restoration today on account of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Our lives as families are available for the highest quality of life. And that's what He gives us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you so much that you guys slotted in. I trust that you are blessed. See that you contact one of the web pastors. If you know of people that need this message, please, once it's off, uh, online, um, give it to the people. It will still be on YouTube, available on YouTube for the next two or three hours in its full format. 
so um, so you guys can watch it when we get back I'll have to take it off because of the um, copyright stuff with YouTube and some of the songs that we play I'm sure you know I've asked some people to write some songs for me we will see uh, how that's going to work uh, so that we don't have to take it off YouTube but at this stage I don't want to lose my broadcasting rights with YouTube so um, we just not we're going to take it off after a while thank you so much you guys are precious let me just uh, I'm just thinking of this uh, we've had people contact us and ask us how does giving work everything just goes through one account so if you want to give you just go to the um, to the donate button on our page and you just uh, you can just uh, when they ask what it's for there there's a little place you can just uh, put in uh, web church and then we know the money will be allocated towards the web church and for the spreading advertising whatever's needed in web church thank you so much guys God love you. You are special. <clears throat>